Welcome to Life According to Jess. I am your host, Jessica Anderson, and today I'm going to be doing my part two of the pregnancy and postpartum episodes that I've been doing. This is the postpartum section. I felt like there was just too much to this story to be able to combine them into one episode. And after listening to this one, you might understand why. So if you've tuned in to the other episode, we are at the hospital. I've just had an emergency C-section because my daughter's heartbeat was dropping with the contractions. And I was also majorly sleep deprived because for the last month, I had had this rash that you get in pregnancy called PUPS. And most of the time, it occurs in pregnancy, and the only solution to it going away is to have the baby. Sometimes that doesn't even work, and it lasts a little bit longer. So I had had this rash for the last month where I had these large reddish-purplish patches on my stomach and on my thighs and the bumps were spreading to my arms and legs and I was miserable. The itching just never stopped. I would cover myself in ice packs or try to take showers with this pine tar soap and it would help momentarily but there was really nothing that mitigated the itching. So I was really tired and I had just been through 16 hours of labor and had had a severe migraine during that time and then on top of that had to go have the emergency c-section my epidural hadn't worked so i really didn't get any sleep while in labor either and it was just a really terrible time so when i get out of the anesthesia and i'm waking up my baby is not in the room And I have to wait about 45 minutes for them to bring my baby back because they were doing some testing and and different things. And when I finally got to hold my baby, I looked down at her and I just didn't feel connected to her. And it was one of the worst feelings because I had heard that when you have your baby, you just get this instant love for them you know and you're bonded to this baby that you've been growing over the last nine months but I had just been through a very difficult pregnancy and a very traumatic birthing experience and that connection was not there she she almost felt like a a complete stranger to me and I was so disappointed in myself feeling immediately like a terrible mother because I didn't feel connected to my baby. And then as I'm getting used to having this baby, you know, and feeding her and looking at her and just like learning who this little baby was, the doctors are coming in and they're telling me that her head shape is weird. And I could see it. She had this very long head um, that was almost like a nub at the back. 
so we were getting prodded with questions by different doctors. Um, I remember one of the questions that they asked was, does anyone in your family have long fingers and toes? And I remember my sister-in-law and I think my father-in-law as well, both like pulled out their feet and they're like, yeah, we have long toes right here. Um, and they were just trying to make a connection because it turned out that she had what's called craniosynostosis. And it's where a baby is born with one or more of their sutures on their skull fused. So my daughter, rather than having a soft spot on the top of her head, it was just all hard because it was prematurely fused. And that's probably why I was having trouble uh, dilating with her because she wasn't fitting properly in the birth canal. She could, Her head couldn't condense properly. And so we're getting all these doctors from neurosurgery and pediatrics and plastics, and they're all asking questions and wanting to set up appointments so that we can meet because you either have to correct the craniosynostosis around three months of age or wait until they're a little bit older closer to about one and do a different kind of surgery so it was pretty vital that we get started on the process right away but i am completely out of it so this is just very overwhelming lots of information being thrown at me i feel like i can't grasp reality because i'm just so sleep deprived and i'm not getting any sleep i had my daughter in the morning And so I had an entire day of doctors coming in and asking questions. And on top of that, we had lots of visitors. Now, it's wonderful that we were so supported and loved and that so many people wanted to meet our baby. However, I was so tired and I just wanted to rest But I didn't want to rest while people were there and visiting and holding my daughter because I wanted to be the one holding my daughter. But we had three sets of parents. So we had my mom and stepdad and my siblings and then another sibling with my dad and stepmom. And then we had my husband's parents with his siblings. And then we had some aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins. And I can't even tell you how many people came to see us at the hospital, but it was a lot. And I always thought that I would want people visiting in the hospital, but after that experience, I was like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. And my son was born during COVID, so we couldn't have any visitors anyway, which was very nice. And it's nothing against these people, but... There is too much going on between the doctors and all the family and friends. And and then I had the nurses asking me about breastfeeding. And while I was in labor, I had specifically said that I didn't plan on breastfeeding. It was a foreign concept to me. I didn't really grow up around it. Um, I had the tumor in my pituitary gland 
that I was trying to treat with medication and I didn't want to be messing with my prolactin hormones and I just mentally and emotionally did not think that I was up for breastfeeding and I had gone over that during labor and yet after I had my daughter I had all the nurses why aren't you breastfeeding don't you want to try breastfeeding I'm sure you can try breastfeeding with your tumor oh I'm sure it'll be fine and no one was listening to me and on top of that they knew that I was formula feeding but yet they made it nearly impossible to get formula I would ask for formula so I could feed my baby and they would take an hour to bring me formula and I'm like hey my baby's hungry you tell me that I can't keep these formula bottles for more than an hour so if she doesn't finish one and then decides later that she's hungry how am I supposed to feed her unless you give me formula it was really really frustrating and really discouraging and that was one of the biggest like internal spirals that I went into was I started blaming myself thinking well maybe I should have just tried breastfeeding but now you know it's too late I've been feeding her formula or am I wrong maybe I could have mentally handled uh, breastfeeding why do I think it's so weird it's supposed to be this natural thing you know and oh, it just made me doubt myself so much as a new mom. And it's crazy because long-term, I mean, who cares? You look at my two kids, you could not tell which one was breastfed and which one was formula-fed. And that's the case with most kids, right? But anyway, tangent on that over. I will say the best part after having my daughter was that my pups went away and so I no longer was itching and that was a major win that was like one of the only positive things that really happened right after she was born at least in my head right my hormones are crazy and so everything was just kind of a downer um since I had a c-section I was in the hospital for three days and they were coming in periodically and massaging my uterus down so that it will shrink down. And almost every time that a nurse came in to do that, it was perfectly fine. Like, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable, but manageable. The hospital that I had my baby at was a learning hospital. And so there was this intern that came in to do the massage on my uterus and she pressed so hard i screamed out in pain and i'm talking like worse pain than any of the contractions worse pain than i was feeling from my c-section at the time it was terrible and i i just cried like and i don't cry a whole lot from pain from physical pain but it hurt so bad and I mean, that's one of the things that I remember, even though most of that time is kind of a blur from being kind of out of it. That's one thing that I remember. And I was kind of embarrassed too, because right after that, my in-laws came into the room with like my 
my husband's siblings and everything and I was just there in the bed crying and I had just screamed out in pain from what this nurse did. So that was the general afterbirth experience at the hospital. And as we're leaving the hospital uh, to take, to go home, they had told us that we needed to take our daughter across the street to the children's hospital so that they could draw blood and run some tests. And my baby was born at 37 and a half weeks, so not that premature, but a little premature. She was a small baby, six pounds. And they could not find a vein on her to be able to draw blood. And so they're poking her and poking her and poking her. And of course, she's screaming her head off because it hurts. She's being poked over and over. And they had me hold her while they're doing this. And so I feel like a horrible mom getting my daughter poked. And I'm just so angry that they can't find a vein and that they have to poke her over and over and over. And they finally got a vein, but I'm crying my eyes out about doing this to my baby, my, my three-day-old baby. So we go home, and we still have lots of visitors. Some people who didn't come to the hospital then came to our apartment to meet the baby, and I mean, this is like fresh after having a baby. I, you know, am wearing the typical diapers and I'm in a ton of pain from my C-section. I had to walk up a couple flights of stairs to get to my apartment. Um, My baby is not sleeping very much. She just is one of those kids who has never needed a lot of sleep and so even as a newborn she wasn't sleeping like 18 hours a day we were lucky we were lucky if we got about 12 hours and so therefore I'm still not sleeping very much and just feeling super overwhelming I think the worst part of having so many visitors was just that of course Everyone comes to see the baby, and who doesn't love holding a newborn? Or at least, I know a lot of people love holding newborns. I do, but at that point, I wasn't feeling bonded to my baby. I'm in an emotional wreck, hormones all over the place, in pain, very sleep-deprived, And all I wanted to do was just spend time getting to know my baby so that I could develop that bond with her. And I just wanted to hold her. I was like, I've gone through hell to get her here and I just want to hold her. But I didn't feel like I could say that. And I'd have people come over and they would stay for hours trying to hold the baby. And because I was formula feeding, they figured they could feed the baby. And I'm like, no, I really want to feed my baby. She's my baby, right? And so that was really hard because I had needs as a new mom and they weren't being met. 
but I also wasn't confident enough or emotionally healthy enough to be able to say what I needed and that I wanted to be with my baby. After that stage where we had a lot of visitors and it kind of died down, um, I was still experiencing a lot of pain from my C-section. It lasted for a couple of months and I'd go to the doctor for my checkup and he'd be like, well, you should be feeling better by now. And I don't know if he just thought that I was trying to get pain meds or what, but I was in pain and it lasted a long time. And I, I didn't know what it was and I thought it was weird, but I noticed a major difference between when I had that c-section and when I had my scheduled c-section with my son and the the pain from my second c-section was gone within two weeks I don't even think it lasted that long but I think after everything that my body went through during delivery that it just took so much longer to heal and being so sleep deprived like my my body was really slow at healing also i don't know i think the doctors may not have done as good of a job on the c-section itself when they went in to do my second c-section they actually took out a lot of scar tissue and my scar is much less noticeable now than it was then So I just think it was a less well-done job. And I mean, it was an emergency, so who knows? So then around the same time that the visitors were dying off, my husband was going back to work. He took, I think it was a week off from work because we really couldn't afford for him to take time off and it was unpaid. And he goes into work And they tell him that he could either quit or be fired, but quitting would look better on his resume. And it was because HR messed up his paperwork to have paternity leave and family leave. And so to the company on paper it just looked like he had taken time off of work without any notice and without approval and therefore they let him go so here we are brand new baby we were already pretty broke to begin with because he wasn't super highly paid or anything it was a customer service job and then we're just out of income and we're scrambling trying to figure out what to do he did have one person at the company who was fighting for him and said that he could probably get his job back but after a bunch of other things that we had also been through with this job we just decided that finding a new job was the way to go and so he's scrambling to find a new job we're learning how to take care of his newborn and uh, it's really difficult to find a good job He found one, but it was pretty sketchy, and so he quit after about a week because the way that they were doing the pay was questionable, and he was working in, like, this dark place, and it 
it, it just was not a great job. So his parents come out and they suggest maybe moving to California. And my husband could work for his dad um, at his office. And so we started thinking about that. But we also had this surgery coming up for our daughter that she was supposed to have at three months old. And we were still a couple months out from that. But as no other jobs were working out, we decided that moving to California, moving in with my in-laws and my husband starting to work for his dad was probably our best bet because nothing else was working out. And we felt like maybe we're just not meant to be here anymore. So we, we actually packed up half of our stuff and sent it in a trailer with my father-in-law the morning of my daughter's surgery. Talk about a stressful experience. Preparing to have your newborn have a cranial surgery and also moving at the same time. So my daughter had the surgery. It went really well, but we needed to wait a couple of weeks until we could get her helmet for helmet therapy to help her head reshape in the way that it needed to go. So between that time, we were actually driving back and forth between Utah and California. Utah was where we had been living and California is where my in-laws were. And we're driving, you know, 10 hours or so in the car with a baby who is colicky and who hates being in the car. And as we later figured out, gets really carsick to the point where my daughter can get carsick in a 20 minute drive around town. So she was just constantly spitting up and we'd have to pull over the car every so often so that we could feed her and cuddle her and try to help her from crying. But most of the drive, she would just be screaming her head off and we were trying to console her. I sat next to her, also tried not to get carsick myself. And my nerves were just constantly on edge. It was, it was a lot to handle. So we went and spent a couple weeks in California where my husband started learning the new job and everything. And then we had to drive back to Utah to pick up her helmet and finalize the medical care that we were having there so that we could transfer her to California. And we had to pack up the rest of our apartment and hand over the keys and uh, wrap everything up with our apartment contract. We headed back and my daughter had this new helmet to get used to as well as a long car ride with her reflux, the fact that she was colicky and everything. By the time that we were fully in California, we were pretty worn out. We were very glad to have a place to live because being worried about finances and a job was stressful. So we were so grateful to be able to be taken in by them, to have a comfortable place to live, to have some extra help with the baby. But I will say 
in my emotional state, having severe postpartum depression, it was very difficult to not have a lot of space. I was trying to figure out being a new mom, the medical needs that my daughter had, managing all the emotions that I was feeling, and that was a very dark time for me. And I look back and I'm kind of sad that I I feel like I missed out on a lot of my daughter's first year because I was just so depressed and so stressed out and feeling like I, I didn't know what I was doing, worrying about other people's opinions of what they thought I should be doing or suggestions and feeling just so unsure about everything, about what our life was going to be like, if I was a good mother, if I was making the right choices in what I was doing with raising her, down to the finest detail of what I was feeding her, how I was spending my time with her day to day. And that's a not, that's not a fun place to be, especially as a first-time mom. I don't think it's ever a fun place to be when you're a mom, but when you haven't had any practice, when it's your first child, it's hard to shut everything else out. The, the worrying and the, the advice that you're getting and um, everything that's on the internet. And uh, I spent a lot of time with those thoughts just circling in my head and it kind of just consumed my life at that point and I cried a lot to my husband over feeling so insecure and feeling like I had no space to be able to just settle down. I'm an introvert and so I living with my in-laws was difficult because they're a big party family. There's a lot of people around all the time and it can be a lot of fun when you're not emotionally suffering and it can be a lot of fun as long as I have this space to recharge and I didn't feel like I really had this space to recharge and I couldn't just stay in the room with my child every all day long. I had to get her out but then I had to interact with people. And so I felt like I was on 100% of the time. And I don't know if you'll understand that, but just feeling like I, I didn't have the time to sit with myself and work through my thoughts and my feelings and to just be myself. So with all of the breakdowns that I was having pretty much every day, sometimes multiple times a day, my husband finally talked to me and he was like, hey, you know, I think you have postpartum depression. Because at that point, I mostly thought it was just me. I was blaming myself. And uh, I knew that I had depression before, but I was second guessing having postpartum depression because I was like, well, you know, my baby's a few months old now and I really shouldn't be feeling this way. I was telling myself how I should be feeling, what I should be doing, how I should be reacting. And rather than just 
acknowledging how I was feeling and acknowledging that I was suffering. And so I saw a doctor and I got on some meds and there came a point where we were able to move out into a rental that my father-in-law bought. And so we had our own space and that also really helped. I think it also helped over all this time just taking care of my daughter and it helped me to bond with her. And I couldn't tell you exactly when it happened, but I remember looking back and feeling like, hey, I finally feel bonded with my baby. I didn't before and now I do. And I, of course, I love my baby. And I took what I had learned over all this time of what I wanted after my next delivery, that I wanted to be able to hold my baby more and that I needed some space after I had a baby and that I am a good mom and I am making good decisions for my baby. And I was able to apply a lot of that after I had my son. I also did a few things differently with my son. My son was a different kind of baby, a lot more chill than my daughter was. My daughter was always kind of like grumpy and active and wanting to do something and not a cuddler. And uh, my son was very snuggly, very happy, um, pretty laid back. And his pregnancy was a lot easier than my daughter's had been. And I felt like I could actually try breastfeeding with him. It did not go well. That's a story for another time. But um, that was a really healing experience. And I was so glad that I was able to take what I had learned about myself and motherhood and apply it so that when the postpartum hit with my son, I was able to counteract it. I think that's what a lot of mental health comes down to is just figuring out what works for you and accepting that and shutting out the voices of the internet and friends and family and kind of trusting your own instincts. Something that I have taken, and I'm not perfect at this by any means, but Whenever I'm talking to a mom about parenting, I try to be conscious of supporting them in their ideas and giving advice as they ask for it, but also with, hey, you can try this if you want to, you know, and not giving advice like a demand. Hey, do this. Hey, your baby probably wants this. Like, no, how about we just listen to the parents? they probably know. Unless a child is in danger, then I think we ought to just leave the parents alone. So yeah, that's my postpartum journey. It was a lot for a first year, and it has taken a while to kind of work through all of it. If any of you are struggling and this goes for this goes for men too. If any of you are struggling after having a child, first of all, that's very common. Second of all, it's okay to ask for help. And 
In fact, you probably should. Um, Whether that be confiding in someone close to you, seeing a doctor, whatever your needs are, know that you deserve to be taken care of too. And in fact, taking care of yourself will in turn help you to take care of your kids. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Don't forget to subscribe if you'd like to hear more episodes. Uh, Feel free to reach out with anything you'd like to hear about. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye.